gosh, yes, sir. Clean, clean the worktops. Make sure the parlor's all ready for the next guest. Oh, I hear the sounds of clipping and clacking. I wonder who that is. I was one of the kobolds. Hello there. Um, oh, you got a letter for me. Okay, thank you. Let me read that. Dear Playmaker, good luck with the next one. The rest of us didn't want her. Signed, The Poppet. Well, I mean, I don't know. Well, who's the next one then? I don't know. Hello? Oh. Uh, uh, oh. Hello? Uh, uh, hello there. Um, I, I, I take it you're here. Uh, right. Um, one second. Uh, good evening, everybody, and uh, welcome to uh, Talking is a Free Action. This is our weekly show, sometimes weekly show, uh, where we peruse the uh, material plane and we pick up people and interview them on various topics of what they are doing. In, sorry, I'm very nervous at the moment. Uh, as you can see, uh, I'm the playmaker, and I've currently got with me... <clears throat> I, sorry if I get this wrong. Uh, Her Royal Highness Antoinette Dorothy Caffery Chopper Tinook I of the Autumn Forest. Is, is, is that right, or would you would you prefer... How did you know that? I, I'm, I'm, I am a uh, question master or question lord or higher being... Uh, I have various different amounts of uh, knowledge, and um, that is what we seek. Uh, we come here, we seek knowledge uh, by pulling people out from the material plane. Although my understanding is, because I've been following your documentary, that uh, you are um, not just from the material plane, you're from uh, various multiversal adventures and all that sort of thing. You're a, you're a bit of a, uh, I've been a around. Yeah. hero, as it were, right? Oh, some would say that. Yes, yes, I am. Uh, it's interesting that you say that you you pop around and collect people and, and find out knowledge from them. I'd really love to know how that works. Yes, right. Anyway, I'm going to be talking to... Uh, would you prefer to be known as El Bandito or Tony? Or would you like me to use your full title? Oh, that'd be fun. Every what? single time? Every single time if you want it. Yeah, go for it. Okay, all right. So uh, I, myself, I am the playmaker, and I am going to be talking to Her Royal Highness Antoinette Dorothy Catheri Chopper Tinook, the first of the Autumn Forest, uh, today. Uh, Her Royal Highness Antoinette Dorothy Catheri Chopper Tinook, the first of the Autumn Forest, is also connected to a higher being known as Nat. Um, Nat looks an awful lot like the illusionist, um, and as I'm still in the, in, in the training stage, um, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous, so um, please go you easy on You are really me. scared, aren't you? Who is I, she? I, yeah, the, the illusionist is big is like one of the big one of the big three in 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 the question makers i'm i'm relatively new i've not long graduated so <laughs> so um, so why have i been brought before you and not her uh, because she is very busy at the moment um uh, i think uh, something <laughs> Too about busy gathering for a knowledge I, I i don't know but um uh, anyway uh, this will last for about um 55 minutes or so. Uh, we are proud to be sponsored by Phoenix Dice and supported by Idol Champions of the Forgotten Realms, Elderwood Academy, and Bearded Ladies. You can find all oh, of their I know links. Them. They're great. They are great. Yes, the the clothing line that they provide is is fantastic. Yes, but um, yes, uh, as you can see, uh, her royal her, her royal highness Antoinette Dorothy Catheri Choppy Tinook, the first of the Autumn Forest. You are in my parlor of Candor. 
this is um, where we are going. To, I'm going to take you through some challenge rooms. Oh, great. You're going to get the opportunity to pick some cards from my deck of 100. Uh, there is actually 100 cards there. Don't look too much into it. And um, you will go through some questions some puzzles maybe even a little bit of combat we don't know it all depends on your dice rolls on the dice that are in your pocket do you happen to have a d100 there if you don't i can put some there oh i mean i've got i've got so many things in my spangly sack hang on i'm sure i can find some here will these do yes they they look fantastic brilliant well we can definitely do that um if there is anything that you come across that you're um, not happy with or want to move past rather quickly if you just say the words talking is a free action then i will pull us out and i will get to talk to nat about um some various things in the ttrpg world and um, some little sneaky tidbits about some stuff and all of that uh, and then after the 55 minutes or so is finished i will put you right back where i found you uh, which was where exactly? Oh, well, I was in the autumn forest, and and uh, we were about to have to defend it against this uh, this gate crasher that's gone rogue. Actually, the gate crashers are quite similar to it. Sounds like what you've got going on here as well. Are you also dumb idiots with power you don't fully understand? No, no. Um, we've uh, we have a whole um, segment on the uh, gate crashers in our training manual, and um, so. Uh, anyway, let's move on from that and let's start, shall we? Uh, would you like to roll me uh, your D100 and we will see what card you draw? I mean, you say what I like to. I'm kind of more curious about the situation you've got going on here, I'll be honest. Like, are you more powerful than the Gatecrashers? Less powerful? If you're more powerful, why am you not helping us? Because the universe is about to end. And if you care so much about all the knowledge that you're going to get from people from the material plane, then why are you not helping us preserve it? Well, I mean, the answer to that is uh, simply and... Um... I'm going to get in big trouble for this, but if the universe ends, then, you know, something has to follow it, so we will get the knowledge from whatever comes after. Oh. Okay. I'm going to put a pin in that. I'm already in talks with the gate crashers about becoming one of them but i think i need to go higher up maybe you said this was like 55 minutes or so yes 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 uh-huh okay after that can we like grab a drink or something and you can let me know you said you're an apprentice yes yes i mean How did that i could start exactly Oh, I mean, I was uh, doing the rounds on the material plane one day and uh, I happened to stumble across uh, some knowledge that um, may or may not have been forbidden uh, and I got uh -huh. approached by a, a gentleman with a, a missing a hand and had a puppet on it instead. Uh, they recruited me uh, uh -huh. along with an, another person who we call the Forge Master. Uh, we went through training along with a few other uh, potential recruits. Okay, you um, got to the boring part of the story. The bit I'm interested in, though, is okay. the fact that you said that you found forbidden knowledge. What was that? Uh, the forbidden knowledge? Well, I can't go into that, I'm afraid. That's, um, I suppose you did say it was forbidden. forbidden. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's forbidden. Okay, but what you're telling me here, what I'm getting from this is that you were an ordinary schmuck, but it's possible to gain access to this level of power? If you're in the right place at the right time, I would assume so. I do need to work on that because I'm definitely better than an ordinary schmuck, but I always seem to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I, I feel like... things going wrong. 
I feel like I feel like I may have said a little bit too much. Let me just. Oh no! Just, you um, feel free to keep talking. Oh, one second. Uh, let me just pull up the instruction manual. Uh, there's the people. Does that who say come. boo? That says yes. It says boo. And the other or side. Does it say oob? Oh, there we go. It says oob. Oob. That's there we go. Oob. See oob. Uh huh. Oob. There we go. Was that the forbidden knowledge? Maybe. The forbidden pause, the forbidden knowledge. Anyway, um, so does it say here that uh, multiversal creatures can lose their memory after the 55 minutes? Let me just quickly look this up. All right, yeah. Anyway, so uh, would you like me to roll me the D100, please? Oh, I suppose if you're going to keep going on about it, sure. Uh, that's a 61. No, a 67. They look very similar. They do look very similar. I no, it's been... a one. So 61. I promise. I promise it's a one. Okay, no, that's fine. 61. Uh, let me just draw that card from my deck. Uh, 61. Voila. So, I've drawn the card from my neck. And you can from see... From your neck? From my neck, yes. Would you like to take this and put it in the door that is just beginning to form over there? The card itself will uh, open the door for you. It's like, a, it's like a key. And from what I understand, you're uh, used to uh, keys at the minute, so... Yeah, oh, yeah, I, sure. I mean, I've seen key cards before as well. Yeah. Oh, that's fair enough. Well, I should tell you that this uh, card is very basic in, in, in its appearance. It just has uh, a very ornate mirror on it. So I'm going to pass that to you. Oh, go, okay. If you'd like to go put that in that door over there, and then we can uh, enter into the first room. This isn't going to, like, give me access to MI5 like the other one I had did, will it? No, just it only gives you access to the room that's beyond the door. Oh, that's a shame. It sort of like right. programs the door to open into that particular room. If you were to think about it from a technical point of view, I suppose. Sure. Beep. And you watch as you place the card into the slot of the door. This strange purple magic uh, goes through what could be considered the veins of the door. And it opens out into what looks to be a very dark colored room. Uh, would you like to enter? Sure. Hello. You walk into the room. And you can see that there is a very ornate mirror standing in the way. It seems to be blocking the entire corridor or this entirety of this room. And looking back at you is an image of you. Oh. Although you look at it, there seems to be something a little bit off with this image of you. The colours seem to either be inverted or dulled and standing Next to you, there is uh, somebody who looks an awful lot like me, but also looks different, uh, has more of um, a female representation rather than whatever I am. So... Okay, what, it, what this interesting mirror, what's it showing us here? Uh, you are currently talking to me, are you looking at me and talking to me. Talking uh, to this, yeah, talking to the playmaker, and the other image is doing the exact same thing, but just opposite, like it would if you are looking inside of a mirror. Um, how? What would you like to do? Uh, uh sure. Well, you know. Uh, so what? This is a a, a puzzle to get through, or like, because clearly your mirror's wrong. Because I would never look that dull. <laughs> Um, I mean, you look hot there, though, so, you know. Um, I, I guess I'm gonna have a look at the mirror. 
Go Let's ahead. Let's investigate uh, this. Make an investigation or a perception check is up to you. I let you decide which one. That is a non-natural 20. Oh. Now you have a little look around and you can see that the mirror itself is exactly as it says on the tin. Ornate in design. There is a lot of uh, different filigrees all around it. There's some sort of like sort of you know it's like a bit of elven bit of dwarven bit of dragonborn all of that all around it there's no words or anything to read or anything like that and so you quickly get bored of looking at the mirror uh when at the frame of the mirror but when it comes to looking inside the mirror at the reflection on the other side you can see that there is some things that are a little bit off um there are torch lights sconces on the walls in the room that you're currently stood in and in the room that is reflected although the room that you are looking in or the room that you are in sorry the flames are lit a teal blue color the flames on the in the reflection there aren't any it's they're just they're just torches oh, right here huh do I get anything else? Is just the fact that the the torches are not uh, lit, or do I get any sense of like this mirror is a mirror to another plane, or anything like that? Uh, you can certainly touch the mirror if you'd like mm. to find out. Yeah, this is giving me like. Things are bad if I do the thing vibe, but then again, you know what? I've had, Playmaker, I have had a few days of being the responsible one in the group. Me! Can you believe it? I, yes, your Royal Highness Antoinette Dorothy Catheri Chobba Tinduk the First of the Autumn Forest. I, I can believe that. Oh. Wow. I've really changed since my youth. Oh well, time to time to live while you can, you know? I'm just gonna give the mirror a lick. Uh, as you walk up to the mirror to give the lick, the other Her Royal Highness, Antoinette Dorothy Claveri Chopper to Nook the First of the Autumn Forest, walks up to the mirror, and as you both go to lick in the exact same spot, uh, could you uh, please make me a uh, wisdom saving throw? Absolutely. Uh, 16. 16. You feel as your tongues almost touch each other as this uh, sort of liquid. The, the mirror. been here before. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> with yourself? I'm mm? with versions of myself. <laughs> there was a whole biting situation. There was, there was a very whole biting situation and there was a lot of um, words that were used that uh, sort of sent some of the other players' eyebrows aloft. But yes, as, you, um, as your face touches the mirror, the mirror shimmers as if it was like a liquid and you feel that there is a pull as if it's trying to pull you into the mirror. Uh, with the 16 that you rolled, you're able to pull yourself back and you can see that now that, that some of the dull coloration from the other Her Royal Highness Antoinette Dorothy Catheri Chopper to Nook the First of the Autumn Forest has started to spread around you. And on them, it is the color of you has 
the brightness and the vibrance that you have has begun to appear on them. It's oh, like there's ew. some sort of cross-merging or something. Muddying okay. the waters. So, look here, PM. I've been around a lot of different planes of the multiverse, and I know there's the whole situation of, like, versions of ourselves in different planes, yada, yada, yada. So... I'm getting that this is a, a similar sort of vibe, if not the actual thing, but you also said that this is all a construct, so, like, what's the deal here? Here, Like, out of character, does Tony get the vibe of, um, the way forward is to jump through, or the way forward is to fight the thing, or the way forward is to just turn around and go back? Well, I mean, the, the vibe that you're getting from this is you could choose to go through the mirror. Uh, you could also choose to ask me a question. You could ask me and I could tell you. What's going on here? What's the deal? The deal is that you need to match. You either, you either need to go through the mirror itself some way, somehow, without touching yourself. Yes, don't give me that look. Don't give me that look, you her royal highness, Antoinette Dorothy. Every very day is a struggle, you know. That's, that's all I'm saying. Every day is a struggle. Or you could try and make the reflection look the same. Points to the torches. Oh, I see. Right. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Do I have a spell that'll do this quickly? See, I get where you're going with the, the torches. Unfortunately, I don't do fire as uh, just on principle, you know? So uh, what I'm gonna do is uh, ask you, Apprentice, could you go and light all those, uh, blow all those torches out for me? Uh, I, uh, mm, one second, bear with me. Can the question lords assist? I mean, it doesn't say it can't, I can't be breaking the rules of it. Yes, um. You watch as the playmaker floats up, or me, myself, floats up and moves towards the each of the torches and snuffs each of them out. As falls, uh, she falls a nail while she's waiting. The reflection of yourself is also filing their nails, while the other version of the playmaker is also snuffing out the flames. And as the final flame goes out, and I float down next to you, and we look towards each other, look, look at each other's reflections. You watch as the mirror does one of those strange, sort of twisty things where it turns around, and then we are stood exactly opposite each other. So I am directly opposite my other version, you're directly opposite your other version. And just as it stops, and I wave at myself, and the other one waves at me, we're doing this, the mirror shimmers and begins to fade out and there is a pathway that leads to a door at the other end oh uh, well well done um no 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 well done you you did all the hard work uh thank you um if you'd like to go through that door there that will take you into a corridor that will take you to the next door sure okay is there uh is there going to be anything in the the next room that's a bit more like i don't know punchy or uh like tech i can get my hands on like that mirror is it's fine but it's nothing that i've not really 
I've seen other versions of people before, right? And to be honest, she was looking pretty drab. So give me something spicy. No, certainly. I will. Um, I'm not going to uh, stack the deck, as it were. <laughs> but um, I will. I will definitely try and give you something a little more challenging, even if I have to alter it slightly. But yes, if you'd like to go through the door. Sure. I believe in you. I'm going to cast guidance on the playmaker. Oh. As she walks through the door. As you walk through the door, you walk into a very nice looking corridor. It looks like it could have been an exact extension of the Parlour of Candle. Um, a brief description of the Parlour of Candle because I completely forgot to give it earlier because <laughs> I was so flabbergasted by Her Royal Highness Antoinette Dorothy Clefairy Chopper to nook the first of the Autumn Forest's presents. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a hand here, Josh. The playmaker has to say it, you don't. <laughs> oh, I was still being a playmaker, but that's fine. <laughs> um, this, the... The uh, Parlour of Candor, as I like to call it, is pretty much like your old school style uh, nerd shop. You go in there, there's a large counter, large glass counter that's got loads of like loose cards inside of it that you can purchase. There's cosplay style weapons behind the behind the counter that were made by my friend the Forge Maker. There are tables set up with various different types of games that you can play. There's one that's got a map of Faerun on it, and there's loads of little minifigures. There's one of a hobgoblin. There's one of a uh, very small little auto-gnome that says Sarah written around the base. And it's got where they are currently, or the, the places that they're currently in, in Faerun, potentially. Maybe. We don't know. But the walls themselves have, are like a very fine oaken wood border with purple walls and this is the corridor that you've just walked into it's uh, oaken borders with purple walls and there are pictures on the sides these particular pictures ha have posters that have names on it like a viscous cycle and at death's door a scaling effect and, and there's pictures of various different characters that we might say uh, these are some of my favorite documentaries that i've uh, watched um there are plenty more further down but uh I say i i'm not noticing mine so uh what you gonna do about that but well i mean i don't have the poster for your one yet because it hasn't finished you haven't finished your adventure so once your adventure is finished i will hang your one up i've been in other adventures i think you'll find uh, and which ones have you been in Busy Bees 3, Furry Road. Oh, I did see that one. Where is that one? Hmm, I think that one is... I know where that one is. It's not in this corridor, but yes. That was the one with, you know, with Clint and the beans and, and the pelican. Oh, yes, with, Clint. Yeah, with the fucked up boy yeah, for, that, a, that... for a mace and the, the little otter asshole. Yes, yes. No, um, uh, we do have a room full of beans, but we had to close it off because uh, the beans became a bit of an issue. Uh, anyway, would you like to roll a D100? It gets everywhere, yes. I, I will. Out of character again. Uh, I would like to, um, given, now that I've been given the description of the, the parlor of Candor, um, Tony absolutely would have tried to steal something from it before we left. Okay, uh, make me a sleight of hand check, please. Let me get my skills. Uh, that is a 26. Okay. Um, what would you like to steal? Uh, she would have, like, 
been like snooping around while you were doing the intro i think would have gone for the the map of faerun for sure if there are any other maps of any other like any other maps like they might look like there might be planes of other of other existences even if it's like a carcass on board who knows that could be a different plane um yeah and then if there's anything that looked like a snack and if there's anything that looked like uh weird little chunks of metal or anything like that just all going into the bag i mean there's definitely plenty plenty of chunks of metal uh, they are in the shape of various different types of dice you could take them <laughs> yeah there we go um in terms of maps there are a lot of tables that are set up with a map on it a few seats around and then some sort of throne with a strange screen around it looks like people are playing some sort of a game with these maps you can see there's one of Faerun. There, there's one that definitely catches your eye is there what there is one of the Feywild and in particular of the autumn forest it's like a two-section map one section of the autumn forest one section of a particular part of the Feywild uh, there is also one of the astral sea and there's one of some other places that you haven't quite heard of that i'm not going to get into for legal reasons interesting uh, I'm aware that this is a flashback that has gone on a little long. I would like to continue to push the edges of it because Tony Fine. would. Um, clocking the one with the Feywild. Does it look like it's set up with minis of... Oh, yes, there it? are definitely minis of people there. They're um, the, the Autumn Woods. Uh, you can see that there, whoever has been playing in this particular game, there are uh, like these strange little like grey things with like little lights inside it, sort of representing that there's some sort of a fire or something happening there, and that's patched in various places in quite large chunks around the autumn forest, as if to represent that this is on fire. Hmm. I'm gonna turn those off. Uh, and also, you've got you mentioned this throne at the screen. Are there any like sheets of paper behind there? There's, uh, I mean, some of them have got um, folders of paper with lots of information in them. Some of them have got absolutely nothing, like a blank bit of paper that says, "What am I doing?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's gonna do two things. One, under the "What am I doing?" Right, um, you've got this, Tom. We all believe in you. And then on the the numbers, she's gonna flick through and be like, "Huh." Oh, that doesn't look hard enough. I'm just gonna. She's gonna alter the numbers and make it more difficult. As you, oh, as you alter the numbers, you watch as the, one of the minis on the table that looked like it could have been an enemy grows slightly, seems to develop more arms, it seems to have more weapons on it, and a stick of dynamite in its mouth. <laughs> have fun, assholes. And. In terms of snacks, uh, just in terms of snacks, uh, you're able to pick up some uh, little little uh, gel- gelatinous sweets, like a. Uh, they like cube a, shaped. Like yeah, they're cube shaped. They they they're they're shaped in the form of various different creatures. So there's like one of a a beholder, one of a cube, one of a beast that looks like it's been displaced. Great. Is, a, is equal uh, equal measures one in the mouth, one in the bag. Yeah, you've developed the Faerun version of Haribo. Yeah. 
Uh, you also find that there is a card that you're able to quickly swipe as it looks like it's balancing on the table. If you were to have a look at it, the card itself looks like it is some sort of a weapon. It looks like it's an item card of some sort. Interesting. I hold it up to the light. Hold it up to the light. It looks like it is uh, a sun blade. Ooh. Oh, that sounds fun. I was worried for a second that it was going to be a you don't know what it is, but you have to throw it on the ground to see what it is situation, in which case I ain't messing with that shit because that's what got us the Tarrasque. But yeah, sure, let's have a sunblade. You throw it on the floor? Nothing yeah. happens in a minute. <laughs> Damn it. Pick it up again. Hmm. I'm going to poke it. Hello? It's just Come a out, car. please. You've dented it a little bit. If this was a collectible card, uh, I don't think anybody would be very impressed with you right now. But um, Oh, that's so boring. Wait. Would you like to I take it with you? This? Yes, I will. It's gone in the bag. Okay, so you put it into the bag. And I think at this point, uh, just before we go back to where we actually were, mm -hmm. uh, I think I'll say talking is a free action just so we can have a nice uh, transitional period. Sure. Hi. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Sorry Thank you. for for ruining your your path of candor. It's fine. Uh, Tom Tom has done the last few talking to his free actions and has built up quite the story within his place. That's name mm -hmm. I should know because I've edited every single one of them, but it's completely left my head at the moment. Sorry, Tom. This is the labyrinth of law. That's the one. Sorry. But yes, um, would you like to roll me a d100 so we can see what questions we're going to sure. ask you that I'm sure Goodbye. you haven't answered before? Never answered any of these before. 52. 52. So 52 is which character class would make the best US president, military dictator, or famous movie star? Interesting. <laughs> I feel like, again, that this is possibly a Tom question. Um, it seems I, like a Tom question. <laughs> US president. I mean, there's the difference in, like, what do we actually have compared to what they should be? Because really, shouldn't any leader be a paladin? Like, looking after everyone else and doing the right thing. Or a cleric. Uh, but then I think that gets into, like, religious... Yeah, paladins places. can be religious, but they don't have to be. You can be a paladin of the people, whereas clerics yeah. are a bit more specifically tied to gods. Um, and as much as I'm like, hey, worship what you want, I don't think it should dictate policy for a country where lots of other people don't believe that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think paladin should be uh, head of state. Um, democratically elected head of state. Yeah. Um, military leader. I mean, the temptation to say paladin again. Yeah. Because they can fight when they need to, but also have a con. Well, depending on how you're playing your paladin, most have a conscience. So again, uh, but not necessarily the best tactician. There's the classic battle master fighter, I guess. I might say Paladin again. General do-gooders. I would have. I would have. You could also, if you wanted to flip it on its head, um, 
you could potentially say warlock because uh, normally a military dictator as the question says is normally got somebody behind them pulling the strings that's true that is true i mean I, I, again that's the what is the real world what is it actually in the real world and what is the ideal mm. so ideal was paladin across the board i think other than yeah. movie star movie star you know oh paladins are charismatic mm. um and also i feel like bard is too obvious a choice for that so mm. i'm gonna yeah. say paladin across the board paladins 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 they're great they cover lots of bases i haven't played a paladin on roll together yet have you yeah. played a paladin i have played two i played mirin right at the very start my first campaign with roll together um who was an oath of redemption paladin i got to i played her in m's four-parter that was set in theros and then got to play her again when we did the um what was it called smite the paladin smackdown oh, yeah. where we, we all leveled up to level 20 for a fantasy uh one shot uh which was fun getting to do the level 20 redemption paladin uh, ability is just fantastic because you just sat there going yeah hit me come on hit me and the the, the enemy just takes the, all their damage just mirroring all the damage back it's great my my only regret for that one is uh the item that i chose the legendary item the um the trident wave was was not great um i wish i'd done what m did which was take i think it was a potion of um potion of becoming a giant it wasn't hill giant strength it was specifically like storm i think storm's the best is it storm or cloud giant that's the best one gives you yeah, like 30 you like, strength or something yeah you double in size and hmm. your your hit points go up and your strength goes up it was one of those or always like double your hit points potion or something like that basically that's what you need to do is suddenly just become a sponge yeah especially um, if it's an all, all the all yeah exactly just sit there in the middle like there's the, my one regret with paladins is that they don't uh they don't easily have a taunt feature like you can use command um which I I did as Ildrathni at one point used command to get to try and get mobs to focus on me, but um, but yeah, having a taunt on a redemption paladin would be great. What about compelled jewel? Would that? That was it. That was it. Compelled jewel. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, right. Uh, I think I'll roll. Let's roll a question. Yeah. Why not? That's a one. So that's a ten. Yeah, that's a ten. I rolled a ten. Flat ten. Flat ten. How would your character... Oh. This yes. is specifically going to be for Tony. Uh-huh. Although you can answer for other characters as well. How would your character deal with karaoke and what would their go-to song be? <laughs> uh, well, Tony would be absolutely in the midst of it. I think there's, you know, there's part of her that is, uh, is generous and she would not hog the mic. She'd definitely have lots of ideas and she would be the one going, oh, you should do that. You should do that. No, you should sing that one. And then also like joining in with as much as possible. She would be a very enthusiastic karaoke partaker. Um, what would she sing? I mean, I, I feel like the sort of 
the early 90s, like eight, late 80s, early 90s, when we really got um, Riot Girl music, like Heart, Blondie, uh, things that, and then when we got like um, Riot Girl stuff in teen movies where it got more aggressive, like, I don't give a damn about my reputation. Yeah. That kind of stuff. I feel like that is, is Tony sort of nailed down. Um, anything, anything from the Birds of Prey soundtrack as well because as we've already established Harley Quinn yeah I think I I think one of the kobolds said in one of the episodes I think it might have been episode 2 could have been episode 3 but um, about Tony being a mixture of Deadpool and Harley Quinn with the you know fourth wall breaking and then everything that Harley Quinn is which is just which is just amazing. Between that and um, the way that Kaerin is as well is... It's just so much chaos. I would said, like, I think it was one of the... Um, after the recording, maybe episode one or episode two, um, where we were sort of doing our little debrief afterwards, and we said, like, I always knew Tony was going to be loud and chaotic, and I'm, I'm sort of trying to balance that by focusing on the plot. Um, and always comes with a level of well yes she's a bit terrifying but Karen is another level of chaos and terrifying and in just a very different way and it's been so much fun to to play that with Talia like the two of us sort of bouncing off each other and just yes ending Feywild bullshit I think I think the good thing with I think the best, like the best thing that I've seen with and being a part of Trust and Glass is that we're not all full chaos, pure chaos characters. You've got mm-hmm. Tony and you've got uh, Karen, and then you've got who are obviously pure chaos, as we've said. But then you've got Georgie and Jack who balance that out with having their own elements of chaos there, but they're more down to earth mm-hmm. so they sort of not they're not not so much rein it in but they um rein it in effectively is what i'm trying to say there jack is like chaotic in very specific circumstances as it's... soon as like another version of him like that that's it you can't control but then otherwise has been very chill i feel like georgie isn't doesn't mean to be chaotic but the chaos is drawn to him and he's like yeah all right yeah we'll roll <laughs> with it i'll just go with it yeah it's fine <laughs> It's been, great. it's definitely been, and was, because obviously we've long finished recording it at this point. It was a very fun, very chaotic campaign. And I hope to see the characters again if they survive the final episode that is on Monday. I mean, if I've just survive. made it more difficult, so. Yes. <laughs> oh. uh, to go back to what you mentioned before uh, about the specific uh, influences for Tony. So the Busy Bees episode that she first appeared in because it was apocalypse and we were all sort of doing our own apocalypse uh, interpretations that we were sort of mimicking with our characters. Um, she was always specifically designed to be a little, like um, a bit of Harlequin, but there's also, for me, my references were Harlequin, Rocket Raccoon, and uh, Tiny Tina from Borderlands. Oh yeah. Were all like the big yellow writing and spangle tits and all of that kind of stuff comes into it. I've just thought 
that I would love to see a one-shot or a four-parter run by Tony. <laughs> Where she's the DM. She's the DM, yeah. Just thinking of Tiny Tina. I just I just think that would be, be you hilarious. You to keep that level of energy up for, for four hours, DMing as well as... Um, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, shall I mean, you we? Say, like, but, I mean, it's not spoilers at all, but the final episode is a little bit longer than our usual three-hour episodes and i i'm hoping that you can't tell i mean you've edited it josh so i don't know you might be able to tell me i'm hoping you can't tell but i was crashing so hard at the end i was like i I don't know if i've got tony left i think a lot of us were i think (laughs) i think i mean the payoff was it was great but i yeah you can even see you can even see it in tom tom starting to go you know starting to time <laughs> starting to you know sort of like uh, at points as well but yeah um sean you can't tell with sean at all sean is the most stoic of people most stoic person i've ever met you can't mm-hmm. tell anything <laughs> doesn't give anything away which is great when he's a dm as well yeah although what is going on in your mind although there is this is a slight spoiler not story-wise but a slight spoiler for episode four, there is at least two absolutely fantastic moments in episode four where Sean outright belly laughs. And <laughs> it made me laugh when we did it, but editing it, I had to pause it and step away for five minutes because <laughs> I just, just couldn't. It was brilliant. So that's the thing as well, because he, like, Sean, he's not, he, is stoic as you say but he's not a, a stone like he he laughs at things but there's a difference between him going that was funny and you're not hearing it to him actually being got and you're always like yes when that happens it's just, it's just mm. all right so good <laughs> right let's go back into the corridor where we're supposed to be in the corridor where we're supposed to be we come back into the moment of um there was some sort of strange flashback Area that I don't know what happened there. Uh, would you like These to roll? These are delicious. Me? Do you want one? Oh, where did you get? Sure, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'll tell you what, we are uh, getting uh, rather close to the end of our time. What already? We've only done one room. I know, I know. It's it's unlike me. Normally, I'm normally I'm up to like six or seven by this point. But uh, oh wow, it, okay, no, it's all right. We can beat that record. Come on, let's go. What's next? All right, right, okay. So uh, I'll tell you what we're gonna do. Uh, roll me a d100 twice, and then I'll let you pick. Twice, okay. Yes. Uh, thirty-six. Thirty-six. Twenty-six. Yeah. Oh, those are rather close to each other. That's that that helps me out quite a lot. Uh, so the first card is that of a white void. That's it. The uh-huh. second, the second card uh, is, well, looking at it, is uh, looks like a coin pouch sitting on some cobblestones with uh, little glints of gold sticking outside of it. Let's get the money. Let's get the money right. and run. Go put that in the door then for me, please. Beep. You put that into the door. I put the cards. The, you watch as the door sort of takes the card, the card sort of dissolves and the deck of cards in my hand sort of lights up a little bit as it sort of comes back into my deck. Uh, And you are able to walk into the room. Um, 
Have you ever been to a place called Luskan before? Uh, you know, I don't think I made it there. It didn't seem very important. Well, you you walk in. Uh, it is a very busy place. There is a lot of people walking around. Um, your passive perception is... Uh, not as good as my passive investigation. I take both numbers. Uh, still pretty good. 16 perception and 25 investigation. So with the combination of the two passive skills, you can see that, there, as I said, there's loads of people walking around. There's lots of stuff going on. But you do clock. Off, just off to the side next to a building, there looks to be a coin pouch that looks very similar to the one that was on the card. And Great. there is a glistening coin coming out of it. Uh, what would you like to do? Great, let's take it. Okay, you pick it up and take it. Um, if you would you like to have a look inside? I mean, can do, but you know, treasure's treasure. Okay, well, you have a little look inside. There are 200 gold pieces, and there looks oh, to be some sort of a portrait inside of it. Oh, that's nice. Yes. What would you like to do with the coin? With, with the coins? Oh, they yeah, go. The, the, they're going straight in the spangly sack, and we're cracking on. Where's the door? Right. You you put. Plop, blah, blah, blah. You plop the coins into the sack and a door appears. Great. That was easy. You open the door and you step through and the playmaker is... I'm just sort of stood on the other side. I didn't come into this place with you. I'm just stood on the other side. I was like, oh, well, that was rather quick. I um, wasn't expecting... Was that uh, a challenge? Was I not supposed to be able to pick up the bag of coins? Well, I mean, it, it was up to you what you decided to do with the bag of coins, but um, if you look over there and if you turn back around and have a look, you can see that there is a guard who seems to be talking to a person um, with your passive perception being so high, you can hear them saying that I've lost my coin pouch. Uh, but as, as they say that, the door shuts and you're in a corridor again. Oh, well, they're lost. You turn around. Um, again, your passive perception is quite high. You can see... Just beyond the playmaker, there are three kobolds that seem to be on a ladder putting up a poster that says Busy Bees 3 on it. And as you look at it, the playmaker tries to step in the way to sort of block your vision. Oh, look, yes, no, it, it was there all the... Would you I like mean, to... we've just established my passive perception is 16, so you're going to have to try harder than I, that. I was not prepared for this. I... You've got it a little wonky, folks, like... Rotated clockwise, there you go. Uh, one of the kobolds uh, looks like it has a jam jar stuck to its hand. Um, this is really weird. And another one's wearing a top hat. Mm -hmm. are, uh, are all the posters stuck on with jam? Yes. Great. I'm just going to lick each one as we go down the corridor. I mean, you get a variety of different flavors. Some of them have got alcohol in them. Mm, apparently, great. apparently there are members of chat who like to give alcoholic jam to the kobolds, and uh, they enjoy it. But uh, unfortunately, um, jam is all that there is in the stationery box. So, you know, there's no blue tack or sticky pins or anything like that. Would you like to roll me another D100, please? You know, you got to use what you've got to hand, to be fair. Like, you know, they're just doing their best. The, mm, wait, did I just roll... What did I just roll? 36? Before. 36 and 26. Okay, I just rolled 37. <laughs> you want to roll again? Is that the same? And no. Uh, it's up to yeah. you. You can roll again if you like. Let's go for a completely different number. Go for a completely different one. 
You rolled 26, didn't you? I rolled 35. <laughs> it's destined to be. There you go. Take Clearly. It's, it's just a white void. What? Well, but this one looked boring. Okay, what? Fine, fine. You enter into a room that is a completely white void, and um, I'm just walking in the door. I actually come in with you this time. The door shuts behind you, and I'm like, well, um, as it's you, your royal highness, Antoinette Dorothy Catheri, chopper to nook of the first of the autumn forest, um, why not design a room yourself? And then... Whoa, 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 whoa. Isn't that your job? Um, Yes, but... You're the playmaker? You're the maker of the plays? I am, yes. Okay, so what's going on here? Well, this is an opportunity for you to show your... Are you slacking? Do you... uh, Maybe I should report you to your superior officer. Um, No, 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 definitely. What was her name? The illusionist? She sounds great. No, please, definitely don't do it. No, okay, right. Um, uh, what was it you said you wanted? Uh, what, what, what did you say you wanted? You wanted a little bit of combat, Challenge. a little bit of tinkering. Okay, right. Claps his hands, and a purpley teal color erupts from him, and the place sort of shifts and changes, and you're on what looks to be some sort of a dirt desert place. You don't know if you're in a desert or on like a wasteland or something like that. Oh, it feels like home. You can feel vibrations as a rather large creature comes charging down what looks to be some sort of a runway. It looks uh, rather large, uh, almost like a Tarrasque. And as you look, uh, this like purple puff of smoke appears next to you and uh, an old friend of yours is there i believe uh, you called it spangle tits yeah just gonna look at the playmaker and say blow blow what the you <laughs> asshole all right come on baby let's go i'm gonna jump into spangle tits start drumming i don't have a driver uh, this was operated by three people last time <laughs> You're good. Hey, no, you're up. Come on, get in the uh, driving seat. Uh, Do better than that shit face otter. Uh, sorry, but uh, no. And the playmaker just disappears. <laughs> and three co- <laughs> the, the same three kobolds that um, we're putting the picture up appear in the car. One okay, the you'll hat, do. One Go the on then. <laughs> and they sort of drive. And <laughs> as you turn around with your passive perception, as we have established, is ridiculously high. Uh, you can see that the Tarask is chasing you, although its legs are not moving. It seems to be in a car of its own. It's <laughs> little spangle tits. And you can see that there's a couple of other little vehicles that are driving along with it, and one of them you can see looks to be a bean can of some sort. I don't know, but uh, they're all being driven by various different creatures that have all like faceless in appearance. But yes, uh, this you seem to have entered some sort of... Um, her Royal Highness Antoinette Dorothy Catheri Chopper to nook the first of the autumn forests go-kart racing. Are there some like glowing color changing boxes ahead of us we can drive through? You certainly can, yes. Great, let's go for it. Right. Straight ahead, Cobalts. You get drive the, through. Get the stack of two rather than the one. You get two instead of one, and it, you feel you hear this noise of bing, bing, bing. Uh, one of them looks an awful lot like your uh, 
cannon that you can fire, your nutmeg cannon, as you like to call it. Mm -hmm. And the other one is, again, a can of beans. Huh, great. Okay, uh, are we in front? Uh, you are currently in front, yes. The, chuck the, the can of beans behind me. The Tarask cart is catching up uh, quite quickly. Uh, you chuck the, chuck the can of beans behind you. Uh, would you like to roll me a... Uh, acrobatics check. Acrobatics? Uh, abilities. Uh, yeah. No. Okay, that's an eight. That's an eight. You chuck it behind you. It uh, sort of the careens off to the left a little bit. Doesn't quite hit where the Tarask is, but it hits into uh, a group of other vehicles that go to drive past, and it explodes into like an eruption, a volcanic eruption of beans. It covers up half of the race course behind you. The Tarask just plows, carries on plowing on. Uh, everything else has been caught up in the beans. Uh, you have the nutmeg cannon left. You're coming up to a right turn uh, that looks like you might need to pull the handbrake. You're not driving, so it doesn't matter for you. One of the kobolds pulls the handbrake up and skids I'm gonna, around. I'm going to shout at them how to drift by uh, pushing the like the bumper buttons down as you're pushing in the opposite direction. Yeah, and you do the whole, if you do this on the Joy-Con, yeah, which is yeah, what yeah, the yeah. thing is, you start She, she describes up. this in full. Yeah. You do that, you get yourself a little boost as you as as the mm -hmm. car carries on. Um you still have the nutmeg cannon, you plow through another power up. You can see that the Tarasque has also picked up something and is holding a rather large looking dragon turtle shell in his hand or in uh, its hand. It looks like he's preparing okay. to throw it. Okay. Uh the See, here Nat is metagaming, because I, I the the canon I don't really want to play unless I'm behind. Um <laughs> if that's what you're going if what you're thinking of is what I'm thinking of. Um Okay. I am going to hold the Oh, what was the second thing I had? I had the the the, the canon thing and what was the new thing you just gave me? What was the new thing I just gave you? I don't think I gave you. No, you hadn't. You hadn't driven through it yet. But the uh, the Tarask is holding a large dragon turtle shell. You're okay. just about to skid through a box. Right. Okay. I'm gonna hold an action to cast. What would that work? Hmm. I'm gonna hold an action to cast shatter. Ooh. on the shell. Very good. Right. So as the kobolds drive you through the next box, you hear the bing, bing, bing noise. And you can see that it looks to be uh, a beholder of sorts, but uh, instead of have, it's like faded out a little bit and one of the tentacles, one of its uh, tendril things, eye stalks, that's what they're called. One of those is highlighted in like a greeny color. Hmm. I don't know if I know what that's supposed to be. <laughs> Would uh, Tony is uh, multiversal? You definitely can roll me an investigation check. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what a time for a nat one. Oh. I mean, it's still a sixteen. I mean, uh, ability checks can't fail on a natural one. Not until next year when the next uh, edition comes out. But hey, 
I'm not going to apply that here. I can tell You're that this kind. is a... I'm too kind. This, this this feels like it might be... Because it's an at one, I will give you one of two different options that it okay. could be. One of them is it could potentially be a disintegration ray, or it could be a death ray. One of the two. I mean, either of those sound great. I mean, you're not using them on yourself, so... Who cares, right? Yeah. I'm going to point it behind me and... the um, I suppose I'm technically holding an action to cast Shatter, but... Uh, yeah, I will use the thing and I'm going to point it primarily at the Tarasque to start with, but really what it is is a a general flail uh, at the Tarasque, the shell, the other drivers, anything behind us. Right. Accompanied with a So you sort of stand up, pull out your cannon and fire out this strange like beholder eye comes out of your cannon and shoots this very sickly green beam and as it crashes towards the that's not a word but you know that's what i'm going with crashes towards the tarasque you watch as just behind the tarasque three go-karts appear one of them is a little dragon turtle with what looks to be uh, Georgie on top sort of driving it another one is oh, no. <laughs> another one is like a large leaf a large leaf, sorry, with uh, Karen on top of that. And the other one seems to be a wolf-based one with uh, Jack on it. Uh, Jack goes up a ramp and directly into the beam and is instantly disintegrated. That's your own fault! Karen is driving along trying to talk to the Tarasque and Georgie is um, drinking some tea as he gets evaporated and so does uh, Karen, unfortunately. The part of the Tarasque's go-kart is also uh, destroyed and it begins to sort of veer off to the left but the Tarasque also throws the shell that begins hurtling towards you you can see that as you have now drifted from gone around the right side you've quickly drifted around the left side as around the left corner as well and you can see that there is a finish line with a double set of doors on the other side perfect all right keep going kobolds you've got this i'm gonna cast shatter on the shell you cast shatter on the shell just as it gets within the range you it explodes, which causes the go-kart itself, <clears throat> Sprangle Titch, should I say, to accelerate forward and pushes you over the finish line. You can see that I am at the door with two pom-poms going, Yeah! Go, Her Royal Highness Anthony, Dor uh, Dorothy, Katheri, Cooper, Tinduk, the first of the Autumn Forest. As you skid through the doors, the Tarasque's car, cart thing completely sort of collapses in on itself it goes flying face first into the mud and the door shut behind you one thing you did notice is that it was a Tarasque but not a particular ter any particular Tarasque just a Tarasque wasn't one wasn't that the Tarasque wasn't the Tarasque that you have been hunting yeah or avoiding I'd just like to yes and your um, your description of that final moment uh, yeah. a little bit there Josh if you will um, that the weirdly like everyone knows as we go over the finish line everything goes in slow motion and it's like everyone's like oh yeah we're in slow motion now this is a thing and the car tips up so the kobolds and tony start a fly not like in the car but flying towards the door um 
and uh, Tony hits the playmaker feet first as they tumble through the door and the kobolds are like splattered either side covered in jam. Yeah, uh, because Spangled Tits was fueled by jam. You watch as there's like a jam explosion, the kobolds mm -hmm. sort of fall off of the wall leaving kobold-shaped prints inside this, uh, inside the parlour of Candor itself. You take out the playmaker's legs and although the playmaker could probably have decided to float there you put them off guard very quickly and they sort of flip in the air three or four times and then land in jam on the floor mm -hmm. everything the entire parlor of candor itself is completely covered in jam except for you you are completely clear yeah i'm gonna walk straight up to the playmaker and like lean down face right in his face and then hold up the um the card with the the sun sword on it and be like that was real fun thank you when do i get to play with this uh, it just falls on the playmaker's face not ignited or anything but the hilt <laughs> falls out of the card and falls on the face oh great picks it up oh oh that hurt. Uh, you can add a sunblade to your spangle sack if you'd like amazing uh, she's gonna get it out and play with it and vroom, 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 vroom. Uh, for, for legal reasons we can't have those noises oh. <laughs> there we go that's better thank you oh this is still too close what about woo 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 yeah, that, woo, sounds, woo. That, that, that sounds a lot better it flicks his hand over his face and sort of heals himself a bit right um well uh go-karting uh ring it has now been added to the room. Thank you for that. That was a uh, very insightful. Um, You're welcome. Like, I mean, clearly, I'm doing your job better than than you. So maybe we should have a word about this apprenticeship you're on, and if there are any more spaces, huh? Uh, right. Anyway, um, this is the point of the uh, of the show where I thank you all for coming to watch uh, what was a. What very... I didn't even. Get to call talking as a free action. You're the one that did that. <laughs> I mean, cool, Josh, it. for producer reasons, I understand that you need to end the show. That's fine. Let's carry on. <laughs> you call talking as a free action. Well, Tony did, so we have to carry on. Would you like to run me a D100, please? Oh, sure. Uh, that's a 73. 73. <laughs> Mm -mm. is there a moment in a ttrpg that impact sorry it's very difficult for me to come in and out of the playmaker's voice sure is there a moment in a ttrpg that impacted your life out of game mm -hmm. hmm. this is one of the original set of um talk together questions that we had when um when david first started it and i think i think i did answer it that maybe I didn't. Mm. I can't remember. I but can, it's been a while. I could spin it on its head if you'd like. Mm -hmm. So there is I think it's common knowledge that you have done a little bit of work on a particularly popular D D game that has recently come out. It's just a little project. Just just right, a little you won't project. have heard of it. Yeah, it's something three or something like that um me, so, me, me, me. Me, 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 me. 
Alders, Alders, mate. Yeah. Tree. The third. The third. Was when, because my understanding is, and please correct me if I'm wrong, you came into that a bit later. Mm. Was there anything from like what you've done with Roll Together or with any other place that you've worked previously that you bought to that? Or was there anything from working there that you have taken away from that and would look to apply to Ooh, games okay. in the future? Uh, Just to sort of twist the yeah, question a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I, like you said, that, that's correct. Uh, the, obviously, the, the voice recording for Baldur's Gate 3 had been going on for like three years um, since 2020. Oh, 2019 actually i think it was in the before times before <laughs> plague times it started um and uh some good friends of mine were working on it um as part of the directing team and then in uh, the start of this year start of 2023 um obviously it's kind of getting to that uh all hands on the wheel like trying to fill out i mean you've played it for anyone who's not it's huge um there's there's three acts and each one is in a different area filled with npcs the city itself is filled with people uh, and they've all got something going on um so we had a lot of people to record so they needed they needed more hands on the wheel so i was brought in then i was recommended by my very good friend kirsty gilmore who's a wonderful director um and uh audio wizard in general and uh yeah so it was uh it was really helpful having already played quite a bit of DD, having the background knowledge already like i think if i didn't have that knowledge coming into a project of this size that i'd already been recording for three years there was there's so much lore in that game that the game pulls from forgotten realms lore in general that just having a basic knowledge of like the world was incredibly helpful. Fortunately, obviously, there's people on that team that um, that have been working on the game, and they've uh, they all know things. There's a few members of the team as well that, prior to working on the game, uh, played D and D and were really into it. There's um, a couple of the mocap engineers uh, who who are really really into their D and D. And so, even for me, there's been things where I've been like, "Hey, hey, what, what was this thing? Oh, yes, yes, that's it." Um, so that you know we're all sort of helping each other which is really useful um some of the things that were different uh i think for me the weird the funniest things were like pronunciations because obviously like you read a name in a book and you never hear anyone say it out loud unless you've watched like jeremy F jeremy, jeremy crawford or to say a particular name so people have their own assumptions about how things were pronounced um and larry and obviously have used pronunciations where they've been present already and then made decisions about pronunciations of things so i think the one like as i started we'd not long finished the wreckage of mithranor which is how chris had said it and how we'd all said it mithranor but then going to work uh on this and that we had it, it's not a big part of the game but there is a, a brief reference uh to mithrana and i was like excuse me where is Mithdrana? 
that's not right so having to make sure that even though I was like okay well I know I know things making sure that I still checked the glossary to make sure I knew what I thought I knew because there's quite a few things that where the pronunciations were different so yeah still still keeping me on my toes it's awesome there was something that I was going to say but my it's completely left my brain now that's it you I can tell from interviews that I've watched with the people who from people from Larian Studios and uh, various people other people who have worked on it with, on TikToks and all that sort of stuff you can tell when a game has been made by nerds for nerds mm-hmm. and you can tell when a game has been made by corporate shills who just want money I'm just going to leave that there you can tell the Baldur's Gate Gate 3 is an amazing game because it was made by nerds for nerds. Yeah, everyone's super invested in like the the world and the story and building on what has already been said in like official D and D games and the Baldur's Gate series. So, uh, so yeah, that was really cool. That's one of the things I've not I've not actually played. I played Neverwinter. Um, no, not Neverwinter. The the current existing it never went to nights i mm. played way back when but i'd not played Baldur's gate one or two so I, I had to go and i had to go and read the plot of those not that you have to have understood it or played it to play Baldur's gate 3 at all but uh there is very little i can say that's not a spoiler <laughs> other than that i played Baldur's gate i bought i got early access for Baldur's gate 3 when it first came out in 2019 2020 one of the two and um my computer is not that great at running games so i sort of had to wait for it to come out on the ps5 i did try to play it when the full game came out this year and it nearly killed my computer which is not good when you're trying to video edit when you need it for editing so i waited for the ps5 version in that time i got the collector's edition of it's buried somewhere, of uh, Baldur's (laughs) Gate 1 and 2 for the PS4. Oh, wow. And I tried to play through them, and I stopped because they're very big games. And I thought, you don't need to have played them to get Baldur's Gate 3, but there are particular... references. There's references. There may or may not be a character or two that may or may not have been in those games. So I would like to go through them at some point just to see those characters Mm -hmm. in the before times. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think we've run over a little bit, so I'm going to say, fuck it, let's roll another question. Because, <laughs> you know, let's do it. I'll roll this time. So that's a nine. So mm-hmm. 90. Oh, 94. Oh. Now, you have, how many games have you DM'd with Roll Together? You've done two Silver Ridge games and Nexuses, I believe. Yes. How do you feel? about fudging roles uh as uh as a player um i uh we i'm an actor right it's my job to 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 live a truth that is not my own um and commit to it i i i I still feel very uncomfortable lying so (laughs) as a player i do not like fudging roles because i feel very uncomfortable uh, about the whole thing um I mean, I've had so many character moments in games for Roll Together, let alone offline games, where um, I could have gone, you know what, it 
would feel better if I just succeeded here. But I've gone, oh, no, it was a 10 or worse. Um, but, uh, but as a DM, I think I, I mean, if you've watched Nexus, I kind of, I play a little bit fast and loose with the rules. I like the rule of cool. I like, I like making my players feel like superheroes hmm. because that's the point of this. It's like, we're here to have fun and go that cool thing. Yes. And, um, obviously the DM's job is to make sure that it stays on the rails because if you have all of the sweets in the sweetie shop, then you just get sick. But if you were giving your players, I don't know where this, <laughs> this analogy is going. If you were giving your players hard-boiled lemon sweets and they were like, but what if they were chocolate-coated and had sherbet in it? I think going, yes, that's fine, is also totally fine. Like, allow your players those moments. Because if we're telling a story collaboratively as well, I don't want it to be like, this is my story that I am telling and you will sit there and you will roll the numbers and you will play nice little puppets. Like, I want to tell a story as a group. Um, and I think different TTRPGs are good for different things. I think D&D &D is good for having uh, as a DM, having a clear idea of structure and the world in your head and how things should work so you can pick and choose when to break those rules and let players fly mm -hmm. and then there are other ttrpgs which are very much like hey you know what what's the world what are we building who do you want to be where do you what's this town like tell me what uh how this person's going to react to you where it's much more like on the players um i've played both and i i enjoy both for, for different reasons and i think um, there is, uh, I don't know if, uh, if you watched Dimension 20, the current campaign, Burrow's End, is, oh, mwah, is so good. And um, they're playing D&D, &D, which is rare for Dimension 20. They usually play other TTRPGs. But um, the DM, Abria Iyengar, again, oh, what a legend. Um, she said that she specifically chose D&D &D for this campaign that she's running because there is a violence inherent in D&D &D that is not necessarily in other TTRPGs. And she wanted to make sure that she was reflecting a world where violence was at its core and interrogating why violence was at, it, was at the core was an important part of the story. So D&D &D worked for mm. that. Um, so I know I've gone off topic about fudging roles, but I think it is kind of all connected because it's, it's to do with the system you're playing and what story you're trying to tell. Yeah. So as long as it's in favor of telling the story, then go for it. Yeah, I, I'm on the same. As a player, don't like to fudge roles. As a DM, especially when it comes to us, like with the way that we do, obviously pre-recorded or even live content as a DM, uh, there may be a point where I may fudge a role just to sort of speed the story along a little bit um, or to help end the session so it doesn't run on for... For, for too long um a bit like i've <laughs> run this on for way too long but um but you know i i but that's not your fault i agree um i agree with you on the what we were just saying that i've completely forgotten now because my brain has just gone <laughs> ditto that ditto that yes 
Yes. Anyway, we shall go back in. We shall say goodbye to Tony and maybe give Tony a um, application form for an apprenticeship. I should I should hope so. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Right. There's jam everywhere. Why is... Ah. This is oh, what right. you wanted, right? What, jam everywhere? Yeah, no? Uh, no, maybe. Uh, um, you did very good. Uh, <laughs> of course I did. Bear with me one second. Um, uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us for Talking is a Free Action. Uh, you can find us here every Friday at 6pm UK time, because time zones change and they're a pain. Um, or you can find us on Mondays and Tuesdays for the documentaries. Uh, on Mondays, we are currently running New Adventures in Faerun. And on Tuesdays, we are doing reruns. At the moment, it I believe it is still Gloomfalls on Boulder's Gate, which is an absolutely amazing little horror adventure for you there. Uh, Boulder's Gate, as we were talking about earlier. Hey, hey, no, no. Yep, yeah, anyway. Uh, we are getting to the point now where we're in November. We're getting to the point where there's going to start being some potentially some festive things coming up. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, everything, that we, everything that we do can be found at here at twitch.tv forward slash RollTogetherRPG. VODs are available immediately after the stream and you can catch up with the content on YouTube or on podcast by searching RollTogetherRPG. RPG. Uh, many thanks to our D20 Club. I've just realized I did not mention them at the beginning, so I apologize, D20 Club. Whoa. But we, but we what an oversight. Honestly. I know. I'm sorry, Your, Her Royal Highness Antoinette Dorothy Clefairy Chopper to Nook the First of the Autumn Forest. Your sheer presence um, flabbergasted me. I wasn't expecting to be taking royalty. No, 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 no. no. This is about the D20 Club. Yes. You can stop. We've talked about me. We all know I'm great, but you need to tell them how great they are because they are. You are all absolutely amazing. We love everything that you do. Did you know, Tony, that they provide us with a Discord and with a wiki page, which they keep, which is absolutely amazing what they do for us. Very useful. And if um, and if you would like to be, become a member of the D20 Club, you can do so for as little as one of your local currency or one goat if you sent it to the poppet. Uh, links will be in the description right now. Um, Tony, uh, yeah. sorry, Her Royal Highness Antoinette Dorothy Caffery, Chopper Tinook, the first of the Autumn Forest. Oh, thank uh, you. Thank you very much for joining me for today you may exit out of the parlor of candor and hopefully forget everything that has happened uh, right now what was that nothing it was a pleasure getting to talk to you today oh and you you know you did a great job yep and uh, i will uh, i will i will talk to the uh, illusionist about uh, or the puppet about potentially maybe getting you an application okay bye push you out the door <laughs> stay classy at the table yeah that, that's what the sign says as i flick the sign around you say it says always stay classy at the table and as the playmaker closes the door you can just hear the sounds of soft crying behind it <laughs> <laughs> and that is where we are going to end tonight, people. I need a lie down. <laughs>